Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're so measuring The next thing we see after we see Sid and Nancy walking up that big, uh, you know, untouched by everything is we see another Pistols show. And it, at first, it looks kind of like the first Pistols show. That's where we get baby, baby punk. There was no security at the first show, but now there's people between... It's that thing. It's there, there's something oh. between the audience and the musicians. Before we get to that, though... Sure. You have the scene on the corner in the red phone box, and she's calling her mom. Yeah. And... We oh, got married. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I wrote down, if you look at her jaw when she's talking to her mum, she's doing that kind of druggy, yeah, that's a junky totally jaw. Oh, junky jaw, that's a great way to describe it because that's, yeah. that's a thing. It's actually, I think, more common with um, people who take uppers. Yeah. But that, that like moving the jaw. Yeah, and grinding. It's a, dude, it's a brilliant performance. Yeah. <laughs> we can't say it but enough. she's a child. Like, you know, they're, they're both children <laughs> in the end. The way she reacts, she has a ten- temper tantrum, right? I am so married. Yeah. Why won't you send us money? Yeah. If you don't send us money, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! My favorite, my favorite bit of that is when she's off the phone or on the pavement outside. She says, "She says we're gonna do it on drugs." She's like, "Well, we would." Yeah, it's like she said we'd spend it on drugs. We would. We would. <laughs> By the way, she ain't wrong. Her smashing the the glass. The so they had um, stunt glass put in, but in the moment of the performance she missed the fake pains and was punching out real glass oh and it was oh they say it's a miracle that she didn't wasn't cut at all wow. but she le- legitimately was punching out legit panes of glass in the wow. phone booth. it's crazy oh yeah i don't know i don't know how i feel about the movie what was that movie you said oh that was one of your conan's wasn't it Where oh yeah the, the gl- real glass real glass on conan the destroyer for yeah. the big uh um tothamon fight scene yeah <laughs> <sighs> Dude, stunt people back in the 70s and 80s were crazy. Before they had, like, safety regulations, they're just like, yeah, I'll jump through a window. Why yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so they get to, and that actually, this will come back, and that's something that this movie does really well is show you what lengths junkies will go to to get mm-hmm. drugs. It's like, Mom, we got married. Why don't you send us a present? No, we don't need sheets. They don't have a bed. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, why don't you send us money? Well, it's early where you are, so if you go to the American Union she's right now... She's already thought of it. <laughs> dude, she's got it planned out. Sid can pick it up first thing in the morning because mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out how they can get drugs in like the next 12 hours because they're coming down hard. Yeah. But uh, I love to jump forward to the Pistols show, the next Pistols yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see punks, but these punks look different. These punks are a little cleaner, and their jackets are newer. Yep. You know, like these yep. are... These are the people who went and bought their hippie wigs at, at Woolworths. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? That's good link. Good, so, nice tie-up. So, and the originals are sitting all up the, upstairs, just kind of bored of it in all, In the right? balcony. They're not even looking yeah, at it. I'm not going to be a punk anymore. I'm going to be a rude boy. Like my dad. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is the important part of that line, which is like, we're rebelling. We're not mm. going to be like our parents. Fuck you. Mm. And yet, once that has... Once the... The system, once the anger has worked its way out and you realize like, oh, this is just as bullshit as everything else mm-hmm. is. You know, if you stick with, like we talked about with Withmail, if you stick with anything too long, it turns to shit around you. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're like, I'm not going to be like my dad, fuck you. And then his thing is like, I'm going to be a rude boy like my dad. It's not unique when everyone else does it. Mm-mm. 
dude and the, there's something really fucked about the camera does this beautiful pan up and we get further and further and further away from the punk scene and then we come over the wall and the real punks are hidden mm-hmm. and you almost and then the next thing you see is malcolm oh god it's so it's He's all looking down it's all so beautifully like like put in 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 tension with each yeah. other and the one the first punk we see is holding a baby like you said yeah, with the yeah, green yeah. the green yeah. mohawk is hilarious but at the same time it's like it's that weird thing of you're a 17 year old punk rocker but you're also a mom well if it was in, in the malcolm thing if it was in like a medieval or a conan thing you imagine that that discussion would take place in the tower of a castle yeah you know them looking down over the over the well, and his what they're talking about, it's because it's Malcolm and Phoebe again. Mm-hmm. He's like, why don't you get them, you know, like, why don't you babysit Sid and his girlfriend? And maybe, and she kind of casually mentions that maybe she should kind of help them get drugs. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and she's like, I don't want to go get drugs for Sid and his <laughs> screeching, horrible, harpy <laughs> girlfriend. And Malcolm's like, yeah, just... Just do this for me, would you? Yeah. So, dude, he's so slimy. Mm-hmm. Everything I've ever read about the dude is pretty universally bad no yeah. one seems to like him but uh it was a an opportunist i liked the but then you go back to his mums which i dude this his is mom, he speaks so gently about his mother doesn't he this this scene for me might i like i love this whole movie i think this yeah. movie's great but for me this scene might be the one that most rewards rewatching and watching watching each individual performance and, mm-hmm. and kind of micro analyzing the performances because it's amazing because and also the camera work because it's a it's a continuous shot yeah there's no cutting away even when they go to the bedroom the camera follows them down the hallway and that's one of the things that this movie i think this movie handles heroin pacing really well yeah because it heroin slows things down Mm-hmm. So when you sh- choose to rather than cut, 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 let's get a new angle, let's get a low angle. When you just choose to follow people around, and it also really can show you the the mon- I don't know if mundanity is a word, but the the mundanity, mundanity, show you the mundanity of time between shows. It's not Sid Vicious is not on stage. I'm the bass. There are many days and months between mm-hmm. those, and sh- choosing to shoot long like that. And he's still doing the drugs. <laughs> yeah. They the are whole... still fucking high. Oh In this case, he's doing the dishes on speed. We well, have another situation where they're doing the dishes. <laughs> <a> lot of... <laughs> Well, and complaining about the washing yeah. up. I wonder if there's any matter in that scene. He, he's clearly, definitely. Well, there was a GI Joe in G. there G. for a Action second. Action man. Action man. <laughs> but there's a uh, there's an awesome moment where he goes like, well, "Maybe you could do the dishes once in a while." And Nancy goes, "What the fuck did you just say to me?" Yeah. And you realize that that is that might be the line between childhood and adulthood. We're like, "I'm a punk. I don't do the dishes," and that's Sid kind of stepping into the world of like. Well, we could keep the place a little cleaner, mm-hmm. you know, like he's kind of fucked in here. And this is mum's place, so maybe that's what, what he was supposed to do back then. And yeah. Because now Nancy's there and he doesn't do it. I actually love it because... He's distracted. Because Nancy's there. Yeah. I love that he actually... She gets really indignant. She's like, what the fuck? Did you just tell me to do the dishes? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm Nancy Spongin. I yeah. know Debbie Harry. You know? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, that yeah. shit. And he goes, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And he puts the gloves on. Or he goes to like get the gloves on. And he starts filling the tub or filling the sink with water, 
and Nancy's watching some shit. There's a big, beautiful, like multi-tiered ashtray on yeah, the yeah. thing in front of her. And she kicks the ashtray over. And they're having fun, you know. Sid's like, all right, I'll do the dishes. Don't sweat it. And they start having fun repartee yeah, yeah. again. And he's so happy. And then she kicks the ashtray over. And you see him turn and he sees the ashtray. And Gary Oldman's face just goes to like... It for, it's like the only moment... Getting caught by your mum, though, isn't it? It's like, it was the same reaction as you if you had a party when your mum and dad are out. For and me, you're like, oh, no, 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 fuck, mum and dad are getting in trouble. That, to, me, this, to me, this play is like their one attempt at domesticity. <laughs> and what I like is it's that one... For It's the only moment, I think the only moment in the whole movie, where Sid, he transforms into an adult. Yeah. It's like the one moment where he's like... It, it's like Nancy's a little kid and you know, you're, you're trying to do the dishes and your kid's got a plate He's of cookies jumping on the bed. Yeah. And they're jumping on the bed and they knock the milk over onto the floor. Mm. And his look is that look of like, I can't believe you just, okay, I'll clean the milk up. I'm staying calm. I'm staying calm. Cause the first thing he does is he goes and grabs the vacuum cleaner yeah, yeah. to play like, yeah. Mom will be home soon. My mom will be home soon. It's, uh, and then, you know, like, it kind of turns, this scene kind of turns on you a little bit because... It's a huge turn. She's like, fuck, yeah, we, we, you know, if she, she, if it wasn't for me, mom, we'd be out on the street. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for your mom, we'd have our own place. She's holding mm-hmm. you back, Sid. She's holding you back, Sid. And you're like... Yeah, while jumping on the bed. Literally jumping on the her bed. clothes. Wearing mom's clothes. And Sid goes like, be careful with that. This is my mom's clothes. You're going to rip it. Yeah. And she goes, fuck, you know, like, she says basically, like, fuck your mom or some mm-hmm. stupid yeah, thing yeah. like that. And Sid hits her. Yeah. And when he hits her, Nancy's response, like, you're you're fed up with Nancy. You're mm-hmm. totally fed up with Nancy. But the second he hits her, you switch to her POV and you're like, whoa, Sid, fuck you. Nancy, get mm-hmm. out of here. Can't be physically abusive. That is not okay. And then Nancy runs out. And then. Not dude, the first time in the movie. Well, it's the first the time in the movie, time. but not the last time. Yeah. They, well, he hits her. Twice, twice, twice and more. Stabs her. And stabs, yeah. It's, f- but and yet this again. This movie doesn't do the leaving Las Vegas thing where it's just a decline, just a decline. This movie knows when it has hurt you a little, and it'll give you a laugh to keep you in. Mm-hmm. It's really well structured because Nancy sees her reflection yeah. in the car window. Screams, and she goes, <laughs> I look like fucking Stevie Nicks. <laughs> And Sid's cracking up. Yeah, she's she naked. And she she takes pulls all her clothes off because she can't believe she looks like like this weird hippie <laughs> chick and so far from punk. And Sid's like, I thought it was more a Mama Cass look personally, but <laughs> oh, very mamas and papas, definitely. Yeah. But I, I, dude, I just love that line. Yeah, <laughs> it look like fucking Stevie Nicks. So they're dec- they're basically have declined fully into junkie yep. territory here because. I think one of the next thing we see is the there's a sex Johnny Johnny comes up doesn't he? Well, yeah, yeah, because they're living somewhere else. They're living at Linda's, but it's Linda's. after the Sex Pistols meeting. So there's that meeting where they're like, "We got to get Sid out of the band, or we have to get Nancy away from him." Yeah, and Malcolm argues against that. He's like, Malcolm, or he's like, Sid's not. This is where he says the drummer like, stands up and pisses out the window. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The second floor. <laughs> you're like, Jesus Christ! The phone's ringing and Phoebe's just staring at it, and you're yeah. like, it's. It's kind of funny, but it's also it also kind of shows you how fucked the whole thing is because these are a bunch of punks sitting in a room with a businessman, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. The phone rings, and Phoebe is a punk. Phoebe's like, fuck the phone. And Malcolm's like, Phoebe, would you? And she ends up playing like personal assistant. Mm-hmm. And you see these like these punk rockers get kind of forced into slowly getting put into corporate peg holes. Yep. And it's, this is the first time we see it. And then later there's a great, oh my God, there's, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes. 
uh, it's this is when uh, actually is I think this is before yeah no no you're right this is when uh, Johnny Rotten comes up and he's like hey why don't we go and see Rockhead he's down yeah. and he's gotten clean he doesn't do any drugs mm-hmm. he doesn't drink anymore and she's blowing him under, she's blowing Sid under, under the, the sheets, sheets and, and s- you can hear if you listen if you got the sound the right sound- the speakers you can hear that slurp <laughs> As, like, oh. as Johnny, yeah, and Johnny. I didn't Rod- notice that the first time, but the second time, I was like, she's fucking blowing him. I, I didn't notice it because yeah. I only watched it the one time last night. But I'll go and revisit it because that's that you could hear it. It explains Johnny Rotten's like response more because he seems like so. Can I, I want to kind of get out of this room if I can? <laughs> I love Sid. I mean, it's sad because he's strung out, but when he reaches up and pats Johnny's face and yeah. he's like, "Make us a cup of tea, would you?" <laughs> And he's like, gear up. Just got his, just got his dick sucked. <laughs> like she's to, coming up from, hello. Yeah, she's <laughs> popping out of the blankets, and he, they're both high on heroin, and Johnny's like, I'm trying to take you to a, a rock star who's gotten mm-hmm. clean. But again, like a roughed up mattress they're lying on. They're not lying in bed. They're lying on just a random mattress yeah, with the, like a blanket over them. That's it's it. like a sheet, like a dirty yeah. sheet in Linda's like BDSM side hustle. Yeah. But... uh. So they go to the Rock, Rockhead's hotel, and this is actually something I really like about this movie, which is Johnny's trying to help his friend. Yeah. He's not yet gotten fully disgusted with Sid yet. He's like, I think I can still pull you out of yeah. this. So I'm going to go show you another rock star who got clean. Mm-hmm. But what I love about the movie is Johnny Rotten kind of sticks to his punk guns because when he gets there and sees what, rock, what he's actually trying to sell Sid, he's like, oh, no, fuck this. It's was, even that subtle note. It's like they're so destructive. They're shooting their pretend guns, and, it, mm-hmm. and as they're going up the stairs into the hotel, Johnny just knocks over the flower pot. Yeah, that's the one thing he does. Like he's, he's just walking along while they're doing cops and robbers, yeah. and he just but knocks even, over the fire. Even he, he's <laughs> like, he's got to do a little bit. Yeah, he's, he, and but I, what I like is one of the big things I like about that is when they get into to Rockheads and they sit down. Nancy's immediately like irritating as fuck she's like your drugs were shit anyway and i love that even though he's clean rock is like they were not yeah, it's, it's a pride <laughs> element there. he's, he's like I did do it they were good <laughs> i may be clean now but my drugs were fucking killer yeah. man <laughs> but uh, uh i like that jo- johnny starts he sees like everyone's wearing suit and tie and mm. rockhead's working out and the room is really clean and nothing is fucked up he grabs that bottle of whiskey and he starts going and he's like you know what I was wrong, Sid. This isn't right either. Mm-hmm. This is this is what we're fighting against. I mean, the 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 fucking I don't know what the word would be. I think apogee is the high point, the apex, the mm-hmm. apex moment of fucking um of of Johnny being confronted with corporate punk or corporate rock is when they're on the yeah. when they're on the tour bus. I wrote hey, I, I wrote this song, man. I think you'd really like it. It's I got kind of that, that it's got that kind of like punk <laughs> hook. It goes. I want a job, I want a job, I want a job, I want a real job, I want a job, I want a job. He's trying to be polite, but weird right way. Well, I love it, he's, he's like... Well, cunt. He's, he's like, like cunt. stupid cunt. He goes, uh, who, Sid? <laughs> I, I love, I do two of the two of the fucking lines that I like in there, he's like... I, and then he goes, uh, I want a good job, one that satisfies my autistic needs. <laughs> That's part of the lyrics. He says, what's it called? He goes, what's it called? It's, uh, it's called I Want a Job. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, Sid, Sid, listen to this. Go sing it again. And he makes him sing it fucking again to Sid. And you hear Sid kind of like chuckle. 
<laughs> and when he finishes it, the dude's like shit eating grain where he's like, I have bonded with these UK yeah, punks. Yeah, okay, and he goes, Yeah, yeah, it's really good, stupid cunt. He <laughs> <laughs> just turns and looks out the window. You also get that moment with, on the bus when he's Fuck, when um, Sid's writing his postcard to his mum. Yeah. How do you spell holiday? S H I T. Mum, having a dear mum, having a lovely shit. <laughs> dear ah. mum, I'm having a lovely. And they, I, I like that too. The, uh, the, the fact that there are there's still echoes even when Sid gets really bad. There are occasionally still echoes of. The, the friendship, the one-time friendship between Johnny and Sid. Mm-hmm. Because by the time they're on the tour bus, the band's already dead. Yeah, yeah. Because we've had that scene in that tiny little shitty chip shop or whatever. Yeah. You know, they're, and they're sitting at the tables and... No s- women on tour. S- yeah. And, and Sid, I've got four words for you. No women on the tour. Mm-hmm. like, that's five words. That's five words, yeah. <laughs> but... Nancy and Sid are fucked up, and everyone else is straight. He reaches out to all of them, and they all reject him. They don't need yeah. percussion. And yeah, he's like, we're the rhythm section. Paul. Yeah. Paul. Just Paul doesn't, doesn't even look at him. No, he can't make eye contact. And then there's this great... Nancy's like, fuck you, no way. And then there's there's a really subtle shift that happens. There's a, it's, a, it's kind of a... It's kind of a a sneaky little bit of writing, which I love, which is Nancy's like, no fucking way. I'm coming on the tour. Sid Vicious is the Sex Pistols. Mm. And Malcolm says, the record company has uh, offered to buy you a nice little cottage house. And she goes, you think you can buy Sid off of me? Well, fine. Fuck it. I don't even want to go. She took Mm -hmm. the offer. Yeah, she po- she she rephrased it so that it sounded like it was like no fuck I'm not even doing that. But they offered mm-hmm. her a house, and then she swung it her way, but took the offer. Yeah, it's beautiful. And if the first time I saw it, I missed it entirely. But watching this time, I was like, oh, she shifts immediately. She sells she, yeah, yeah. Sid for a house. Yeah, she straight up does. And there, oh man, there's this. I mean, we see there. What happens to that house? Because then when he's on tour and calls her, he's she's living and working with Linda. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I mean, maybe she sells it for drugs. <laughs> I was just, I was just, gonna I mean, was it's like, only a month. You buy a, a lot, lot of drugs and for one house, you, you're yeah. in for like a day. You're like, this house is good. Did you notice the Hell's Angels are riding at the front and Dude, behind the tour bus as well? Like, I can talk. Let's talk about their, their amazing goodbye. And then I, that might be, that is another scene that I would call iconic. Yeah. <laughs> so Nancy and Sid are in bed and Sid's trying to sleep. And Nancy's like, wake up. Sid, wake up. Sid, wake up. And you're like, shut your mouth. I can't deal with you right now. And he's like, give us a break, will you? I've got, I've got to be on a flight in two hours. And she's like, she's like, no, we want to, let's spend some time let's together. Screw one more time. Screw one more time. I love the word screw. It's yeah. <laughs> it must have been during the time. Well, I, I like earlier when they're like, screwing is dirty and filthy and weird. And she's like, no, you're crazy. Everyone's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, I, I love that she's like one of the, she like goes to shake him awake and it's it's kind of weirdly poignant because he is about to be gone for at least a month mm-hmm. and one of the things she says when she tries to wake him up is she goes will you suck on my toes and you're like oh in her broken weird way she's genuinely trying to recapture a feeling mm-hmm. she's trying to catch some of that in a bottle before he goes away. But he goes, he gets up, and there's another line in here that breaks my fucking heart. When he gets up and he throws his jacket on, and he goes, fuck it, I'm going to be early for once. Yeah. And you almost, almost are like, 
okay, well, you know it ends badly, but, like, this is a moment. This is one of those moments. Mm -hmm. He could pull himself together. He's not too far gone. And I love that the last thing she says to him as she's screaming, she's like, what, Sid, what about, I'm sorry, what about our fucking, what about one last screw? And the last thing is, what about the farewell drugs? Mm -hmm. And that's it. Later on, when she's running through her laundry list of ways they could kill themselves, we could jump off a tall building. We could throw ourselves under a subway. And then she, but it's pretty rapid fire. And then she goes, we could overdose. And that is her final thought. Mm-hmm. She's running through a laundry list, but when she's like, we could OD, that's it. She's hit, that's what she's after. She's like, if every part of their lives, their life, their sex life, their death, it's all tied to heroin by that point mm-hmm. in the movie. And even here, you can kind of see it, but dude. But he is as addicted to her <laughs> as he is the drugs. Beautiful moment in the, you know? their, their room 100 on the mm-hmm. bottom floor. On the bottom floor. They're in the basement, basically. And she goes, she goes, well, what matters, Sid? And he goes, you. And she yeah. goes, what else? And he pauses for a long time, but he can't think of a fucking thing. And he goes, you. Yeah. And one of the worst parts about that scene is, the, it's, I, I don't know if it's the line delivery or the context, but you is intrinsically tied to heroin mm-hmm. in my head. So when he says you, he means this. Yeah, It's really, really... Well, when he agrees, when they make that pact together, yeah. he's saying, if you were gone, I couldn't live there's, no, you. there's no reason for me to carry on anyway, so I might as well. And that's not even that far into the movie. That's like the halfway point. Yeah. She has some really interesting moments. Of is like, that Paris or is that the beginning? That's when they're on the higher floor of the Chelsea? It's in... Because they get moved down, don't it's they? It's after the band is broken up and they've been in New York because that conversation ends with... Because she's talking about suicide. We're in New York. <laughs> yeah, she's like, he's like, things will be better when we get to America. And she's Again, like, we're finding these alignments with Wivnor and I because it's like it is the morning. Yeah. When we get to New York, we're in New York. We have been for four days. Yeah, <laughs> it's a week. A week. She's like, she's like, he's like, things will, things will get better when we get to America. And she's like, we're in America. We're in New York. New York is in America. We've been here a week. And he goes, what? What day is it? <laughs> And it's shouldn't laugh because it's really fucked. He gets up and he walks out in New York City is outside the room. Yeah. He made a beautiful shot with the Chelsea Hotel sign behind him on the balcony. It's, it's so gorgeous. And Deacon's shooting behind and low, so you get the high skyline. Yeah. And, and you get you get that sense if you know the story, you know what's coming. Because this is the Chelsea yeah. Hotel. Yeah. This, like, oh, we're, we're where it happens. They're now. there. And the movie, I, this is one of the cool, another one of the cool things with the movie, like the heroine. Like, yeah, should, of course I want to try some heroin. Why not? And it's there and it's done. And you're, you expect to be given a little lead in, but it just suddenly there's heroin. Mm-hmm. The Chelsea Hotel is the end of the line. And we don't see them travel to it. We see them after they've been there a week and they're not aware. It's, oh my God, it's like, it's like things are rushing KFC up at you. KFC buckets are strewn everywhere. God, dude. Just the, the rotten bones and leftovers and stuff. You know? at, their, at their like full on bottom of the barrel like there's there's about jesus there's about 25 minutes of this movie that are like almost up too oppressive to watch Mm -hmm. and it's just when they're every shot is in the room posters get added pictures newspaper articles get added to the walls piles as you go you know it builds up builds up and it just becomes more and more and then when the room catches on fire when we get to their new room those walls are bare. Yeah. And nothing gets added at that point. It just gets more and more Spartan as they yeah. sell stuff for drugs. Yeah. 
But uh, I want to talk about their that first shot of the tour, man, because because ca- put in put in counterpoint against the first Pistols show, it's not even punk rock music. It's synth. It's like weird synth keys. It's like. Mm-hmm. And you see, this is the Sex Pistols. This is like a four-piece punk band. Barely, one of them doesn't even play. Mm-hmm. A second ago, they were playing bars, and they're not that good, to be honest. And a helicopter crests the hill, shooting the Hell's Angels, heralding the Sex Pistols tour bus, mm-hmm. which is followed by two semis of gear, Brought up in the rear by more Hell's Angels. Yep. The it dude, it is the it's this I, I wrote down it's this fucking brilliant shot of a circus. This is as fake a thing as you can possibly see. Yeah. This is this is corporate punk to eleven. And it's so funny. It's not even that you don't even care because they did it to themselves, you yeah. know, like Malcolm insinuated himself in here and they they just got completely fucked over and it's it's sad but this is funny as yeah. shit man. Well, they've even written "fuck off" on the top of the truck, haven't they? On the top of the top of the bus, so the journalists that are filming them can read it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like how, that is artifice to dude. Like, why? Okay, why do we put "fuck off" on the roof? Because we're gonna get an aerial shot and we want the aerial shot to really get the whole. It's that punk feel thing. You you know what I'm saying, baby? Yeah. It's that dude. Mm-hmm. It's that gross, like, it's it's a produced anarchy. Yeah. Ugh. Well, he gives him, <laughs> on, the, on the radio interview as well, doesn't it, the guitarist, he challenges him to say some naughty things. Yeah, and he says, that's your camera right there. So, yeah. he, okay, we, okay, say your naughty things, but make sure you say it into that camera. Yeah. And there's something, everyone kind of giggles and chuckles, but I think uh, Johnny's there, right? He's sitting next to the dude. It's yeah. Paul. Paul's the one who's saying all the mean shit. And Johnny just looks like... So, like he does in a lot of the actual interviews where you watch Johnny Rotten, where he's just like, I don't fully understand what I'm doing here. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck all of you people. Yeah, why do we need to be here? But there's, it's like, dude, that's so gross. It's, it's, it's like a director working to like coach the punk out of people. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, that's your camera now. Say you naughty things. He goes, fuck, fucker, you dirty fucker. Yeah. And they're like. Everyone's laughing. Yeah. And they're like, you naughty boy, you naughty, naughty boy. Oh my God. I can't believe you would. You just told him what camera to say it yeah. to. Duh. You got Sid burping just because. Yeah. You know, any any excuse. It's it's like a freak show, man. It's a it's a that's all it is. That is. You're right saying it's a, it's a circus. It's a side, that's that's it's a where it is. But they are the clowns in the in the middle. Um, and I love I love the shows they choose to show us. This was a this tour is is well documented and it was a disaster. Mm. By the I think it was like five shows in the band was I think it was four shows in the band had broken up completely. Mostly they were booked at cowboy bars in the south. Yeah. So like we see them play in one. You're cowboy. not even playing these cities where you might actually get an audience. It's- no, he like you could they could have played. I think they had offers to play like CBGBs and stuff. Like to go and play punk clubs mm-hmm. in New York City, but instead Malcolm took him on this weird tour because what he wanted was for them and the audience to fight. He wanted so the, the chaos. he wanted the cl- conflict, yeah, the rejection. I love. We talked about it a little bit earlier, and he's getting bloody faced, isn't he? He's like, there's, there's one of the shows where he's just 
completely just covered in blood. He would do it to himself. Yeah. Um, like historically, he would like intentionally, he'd punch himself in the face. And that thing where he carves Nancy's, that, yeah. let's go through that because he goes to, uh, it was that scene I mentioned earlier where Johnny yeah. Rotten is just screaming sounds at, at like these, and it's mostly, the first show is mostly cowboys. It's yes. dudes. And there's like an altercation and Sid gets dragged out into the street and beaten up. And is that weird thing with Malcolm in the hand? And the fake handgun? <laughs> I, I think they I, even give him the gunshot though. Yeah, don't he they like as well. and he and then he mm-hmm. they, and it's like that weird cowboy like and I think that that is I think I I like I actually like that moment a lot because it feels to me like this is you've heard stories like how oh, Sid was getting beat up and Malcolm had to pull a gun. And this is the filmmakers kind of pulling back the the, the legend. Mm. And they're like, this is about probably what it really was. Yeah. You know, I like the removal of the gun and like it's all sound effects and show. It's all fake. Everything is fake. It's so fucking fake. Mm-hmm. And and it works. It, it the so the at the Lone Star Bar, we see the shift. Mostly cowboys. Sid gets pulled out and beaten up. The next show is mostly women, and they're mostly looking at Sid Vicious. There's like this weird way that where the crowd kind of goes forward, and then there's like a funneling effect near the front, and it's a ton of women right mm-hmm. in front of Sid. And he had just had a, that conversation with, with Nancy. With Nancy saying, you might as well just have to fuck someone else. Yeah, right? she's, he's, she, he says something, and she's like, well, what do you want me to do? Put it in a box and mail it to you? <laughs> yeah. You're just going to have to fuck someone else. And she hangs up. And then Sid, it's sad, dude. It's really sad. He's covered in blood. He's clearly fucked up on drugs. And he goes, so who's going to fuck me then? And we, it's loud. It's, there's, there's music and feedback. And we smash cut to silence in a hotel room. And it's a hotel room filled with women. Mm-hmm. They're just standing. They're just standing. And they're lined up next to the bed as though like a vigil for the dying. It's, it is almost like pseudo-religious. And it, I think it's... I think it's this, again, this beautiful metaphor for, like, here are the women throwing themselves at Sid. Mm-hmm. And it's here- as if they're waiting to be chosen. Yeah. And in the, in, all he's doing, actually, is he's thinking of Nancy, and he's, he's sitting. Like they're watching him carve her it's, name into his chest. Yeah. He, he has a razor blade, and he's yeah. carving Nancy across his chest. And it's... And it's, you even see remin- uh, elements of that moment later in the movie you see like a, the cut is still there for the sea yeah a couple of the, the rest cuts. of it's kind of healed up but some of them some haven't. of the deep ones are still mm-hmm. there which the continuity is great but i love that that metaphor we like rather than saying like oh there's all these women that are throwing themselves at me but i only think of nancy you show us a room full of women like i would fuck you at the drop of a hat and instead not only is he thinking of nancy nancy's still hurting him from afar yeah it's so oh that's raw it's really really it's really brutal, man. It's a potent ass scene. Um, we get the. You ever get the feeling you're being cheated, and the band breaks up. Mm-hmm. And uh, once the band breaks up, Sid goes home. And Business class, or first class, first class takes a shed load of drugs with a huge brandy. <laughs> the biggest, fuck you know. Like a, a I don't quadruple. Think he, makes it. Does he, he doesn't make it. Do they pull him off? He, Oh, that hospital's not in London. That's still in New York, isn't it? Uh, like, that's the bit that it might have been. That that messed me up. I didn't know whether he just got so black wiped out that they didn't take off, or he got wiped out while and then he I landed think, in London. I thought they were in the air still. They were in the air. <coughs> there, there's a news report that explains what happens. They're yeah, like, 
was taken to hospital. I think it was like Heathrow because right. he, I because he they say uh, we are in we are in uh, New York. We've been here a week, so I feel like he went back to London. Well, that's when they go to Paris as well, isn't it? So from yeah, the, there nec- they go, once the next thing recovered. is Paris. So but isn't he so innocent in that hotel bed as well? The hospital like, bed? Again, he's cleaned a little bit. It's like one of the, it seems like he's clean mm-hmm. and he's eating ice cream and he's watching cartoons. No, he's watching Night of the Living Dead. There you go. <laughs> so he's just like, sitting there and just watching yeah. his movies. Which, and she shows up. I think Night of the Living Dead was a great choice because he's, he's laying in the hospital bed. He's, just, he's OD'd mm-hmm. and now he's getting clean and he's watching a horror movie. So what we get is we get horror score. It's like bum 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 bum, and a shopping cart full of Christmas lights rolls in front of him, and we don't change the score when we're introduced to Nancy. Mm-hmm. So when we cut to Nancy, it's in, the, and she's leaning in the doorway and she's smiling like, "Hey there, big boy! It's your mm-hmm. it's your old girl Nancy." But the score is still dun dun. And because dun. of Christmas, we know now that that from that point to. Nancy's death is ten months mm-hmm. because December to October. Right. So you know that's the that's the, the time bo- frame they spend in Paris. And it going gives you places. it gives you nods if you if you know the story and know what's coming. It lets you in on the timeline and when things are going to happen. Yeah. And it's like a there are these little like the yeah the Christmas lights are just another tick on a big clock. You yeah. Know? But I I I just loved the uh, I think it's. I think the next thing they do is they go to Paris and they start writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy's like writing letters to her he mom. He records an album. A solo album. Yeah. Yeah, which they, they kind of like casually allude to. If Sid sings, have you ever heard it? Yeah, yeah, I, I looked that one up. Yeah, it's uh, no. No, not not good. You can actually... My Way is actually good. I quite like his version of My Way. Yeah, it's but... like the one song on the album that's... that's Because I, I think in a... Oh, I don't know, it's... Maybe we're and maybe maybe I'm bringing my own thing to it retroactively, which mm-hmm. is like this is kind of one of the last things that he did. It was his last stab at punk. It's probably his last gasp of true freedom before he just became full on junkie. Because mm-hmm. you can hear he, he the first time. I love that the first time he sings the high note or that you're supposed to sing the high note. The mm-hmm. my way he bails out and sings a lower octave. But the second time through, he goes for it. He swings and he misses but he sticks with it. He mm-hmm. holds the flat note. It's awesome. Just as a song, it's awesome because he goes, oh, I did it my way. The first time he bails down and the second time you can almost see him just go like, fuck it. And he screams. Wow. And it's so not the note, but he holds it and you're like, yeah, man. If yeah. In a weird way, it's like, that is it. That's the last, that is the last like middle finger. That right scene there. is... I c- it's such an interesting scene when you've got the old, the old uh, French arist, you know, the the, the hoi polloi, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sitting there watching, and the then he just pulls and... that gun out. Well, one of the, before we even get to the gun, that extravagant set. Yep. Seeing him amongst the finery, you can be forgiven for thinking, "Oh, he's performing in Paris." Yeah. And it's not. No, it's it's all it must be a dream state. It's all fantasy dream state. There's a movie. I was. Caught, did you see Bronson? Have you ever seen Bronson? No. We talked about it ages ago in season zero, but I was going to talk to uh, to Carl about it because there's these weird sequences that are almost like asides to the audience, where Tom Hardy as Charles Bronson, um, Charlie Bronson, the the British criminal, not mm-hmm. the yeah, so yeah. he uh, he'll he'll do like vaudeville to an a room an auditorium full of people. 
and it has nothing to do with the film. It's just meant to be him talking to us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is that because he comes down the steps and he's doing his singing and Nancy's got her crown of barbed wire and she's in her wedding dress. But one of the things that I most love about this particular scene is this highly designed set. It's totally intentional because Roger Deakins doesn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Sid is squared up on the stage and as he's singing, we see a crane, camera-operated crane come in and the crane comes up and it perfectly blocks Sid out and he is gone and all that's left is the artifice. Yeah. It's just the set and the lights and the spectacle and the people. And the first time we see the audience, they're utterly passive. Mm-hmm. They just are sitting and staring. And the camera comes up, and all you see is the camera, and Sid is gone. It gave me chills. Yeah, It was like he's been erased by the production. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is a product. Malcolm is sitting there with sunglasses, looking very content. He's like, yeah. As is Nancy. I like... That the crowd gets progressively less energetic too. They start very like yeah yeah, but as the song progresses, they're like, mm-hmm. yay yay. And I also love the bailing out of the lip sync, where like there's a, there's a moment in here where, you know, Gary Oldman's doing great, pretty good lip syncing of Sid Vicious actually mm-hmm. performing the song, and then he just stops and his face goes dour, and it's like, it's so. Sid Vicious. Yeah. Halfway through the thing you're doing, you say, fuck it, and you're mm-hmm. done. Didn't even finish the song. No. He just goes, fuck it, whatever. And he reaches into his jacket, and he pulls out that, I think it, the it's choice of- Dirty Harry thing. Yeah, I, I think the gun is important. It's like this big American, yeah. like, that is that is the symbol of, like, gun violence in America. The most powerful gun in the United States. Yeah. Or whatever it is. This is a forty four Magnum. Yeah. It's the most powerful handgun in the world. <laughs> but he, uh- <laughs> He starts shooting into the crowd and he's shooting, he shoots Malcolm and he shoots like these rich bigwigs and he points the gun at Nancy and she smiles. There's no fear at yeah, all. There's, well, there's no reaction from Malcolm either when he dies. There's no facial expression, but mm. Nancy is smiling. Yeah. She, and shit. She wants it. Yeah. I mean, she, she, he shoots her and she like, it has a little death. And then when she comes back from the dead. Mm-hmm. She, it's not like, I can't believe you shot me. It's like, you did it. You said you would do it, and you did it. Thank you. And she walks up the stairs, and fuck it. God damn, the lighting is so good. It is. They get on <laughs> the stairs, almost. and the lights start cutting out, but not, not linearly. They just start cutting out, and the last two bars of light silhouette their heads. Mm-hmm. And it frames just these two lovers looking at each other, and then we cut to blackness. It's a brilliant scene. It's an absolutely beautiful scene. Um, the next thing we see is when she's laying, they're laying in bed and they're in the Chelsea Hotel and we have jumped one week forward in time. Mm-hmm. And Sid has no idea they're in America. And I love the line because they're, they're both strung out. So they're just laying. The, the stillness that these two actors manage when they're supposed to be high on heroin is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's not a flutter of motion in their fingers. They lay like they're dead. And Nancy has this great line. They lay there for a really long time in this dirty, dingy little hotel room in a tiny bed packed together. And Nancy goes, I feel like all my friends are dead. When I'm dead, I'm going to be sad. And it's such a, it's such a sh- downshift yeah. out of the big musical production number of my way. And then you get, when I'm dead, I'm going to be sad. It's fucked, dude. 
back to reality. It's your your brain grinds. It's grinding gears in your head. Um, and then they talk a little bit about. Th- that's when she's like, "If I asked you to kill me, would you kill me?" Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah." And then she runs through the things, and he's like, "You know, well, let's go out and bl- we'll go back to Paris and go out in a blaze of glory." She shows so much contentment in that as well. When he's when he agrees, she f- yeah. she lays on his chest and just looks content. Well, and she's just like, "Oh, I've got." I found the person that can do this with me. But right afterwards, she starts to cry and she says, I hate this fucking life. Mm-hmm. It's like one of three times we hear her say it too. She's, I think she's pretty overtly suicidal, like throughout the film kind of. And that's, this is where we get the things will be better when we're in America. Yeah. She's like, we are in America. And yeah. you're like, oh shit. And they realize it's Wednesday and they're supposed to be with grandma and grandpa. For Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, dude. Thanksgiving is... <laughs> Bird does you not... think that's Thanksgiving? I thought it was Thanksgiving. It doesn't line up, though. Oh, wait. Because she dies in October. Right. So that would be... Thanksgiving would be July November. 4th, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So maybe it's just... It's just, just, just supposed dinner. to be visiting... Pa- oh, yeah. And it's like... It's like a weird... Is it summertime? I couldn't tell you. Maybe. Well, he's in his... He's got no shirt on, so it's got to be warm. That's hard to say. So, <laughs> Actually, he doesn't have a shirt on most of yes. the time, so you're right. This could be Christmas. We don't know. So He's not feeling it at this point, is it? <laughs> maybe it's because we just had Thanksgiving yes. like a very short period of time ago. I was like, oh, look, a Thanksgiving dinner. This is kind of how ours went as well. Yeah. He's <laughs> cutting her meat. She's cutting his meat as well, you know? She's yeah. reaching over while she's talking. He's just kind of sitting there. There's One of the things I like about... One of the things I really like about that is, one, that he's shirtless. Mm-hmm. We can watch this movie, and the profanity does not bother you until you put it into a context or 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 a setting where it will bother you. It's amazing. They say the, they say fuck, fuck, fuck you, you idiot cunt. They'll say it throughout the whole movie. But if you put them at a dinner table of quote unquote normal people, every time Nancy says fuck, I cringe. Yeah, you're like, oh, there's kids at the table. Well, she doesn't change, does she? I mean, Sid goes very quiet, and when he speaks. He tells the absolute truth. He does. But he says it very gently. Whereas she is still he has, Nancy and she doesn't care because it's her family. This is his sweet part of this is the sweet part of yeah. Sid, the part that won't spray the dog, yeah. the part that likes his mother. Yeah. I love that the We're gonna go out in a blaze of glory. Well He even says that to the grandfather. I like, think the is it the grandfather who says, like, when are you gonna make an honest woman of our Nancy? And he goes well, sir, she's always been honest with me. Yeah, and that's a beautiful statement, isn't it? Is that's probably what keeps. There's <sighs> a yeah. I mean, when they're on tour, she's like, "I can't fuck you. I'm in England. You should fuck someone else." They have they have a very that their relationship is their relationship, mm-hmm. and they have their lines drawn, and they have their understand they understand each other and what they can do and what their relationship is and means and they respect that in a weird way it's like we talked about it in leaving las vegas which that episode hasn't come out yet so you haven't heard it but it's two people who when they enter into the relationship one of them says listen i only have about a week left to live if you want to be with me you got about a week and a half and then i'll be dead i'm gonna drink myself to death i told you that when we met i'm going to do it mm-hmm. and the girl have you ever seen it seen the movie no and the the woman goes and he goes, there's one thing. You can never, ever, ever ask me to stop drinking. And he makes it very clear. He's like, I'm committing suicide by alcohol. I will be with you for two weeks if you want to be together with me. But I'm going to be dead at the end of those two mm-hmm. weeks. And you cannot stop that. It will not happen. And she goes, I understand. And the rest of the movie plays out exactly like you think it does. And it's beautiful. 
it's and what I find romantic about it is that they under she understands he understands and they respect each other's choice. And that, in a weird way, in a really fucked, horrible, weird way, I think Sid and Nancy have something kind of similar. Yeah. You know, not quite the same. I feel like Sid has a couple of chances, and I feel like he wants to get clean. I don't feel like he wanted this to end the way it ended. I think Nancy wanted this to end pretty much exactly all the way. Yeah, all the way. Yeah, but But she's a manic depressive. You know, she's in this day and age, she probably would have got that. Would probably would have been identified a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it just didn't. And there, there's, there would be, well, I mean, hopefully not, not in the States for sure, but there would have been hopefully more outreach programs. I know that the UK actually, because I read about, I read um, Men's Health UK. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot more than Men's Health US. This is an interesting side note thing, but do you know that on the, the United States Men's Health website, there is no information about mental health at all, but the UK Men's Health has an entire section devoted no. specifically to mental health. I did not know that. I really appreciated that a lot. It's why I switched and started going to the UK website. They have a whole section just on uh, like mental health mm-hmm. and, and dealing with emotional problems and things like that. And the US have none of that. It's all yeah. like, wear your power suit, put your best f- foot forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The UK it's ones, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. It is. I think it's a, a one of the main differences between our cultures still is we don't like to talk about or address that shit. Yet, and yet I would say therapy is more accepted over here than it is over there well pharmaceutical antipsychotic pharmaceutical mess, uh, um, uh, uh, medications and antidepressants certainly are mm-hmm. but men wouldn't think about going to see a therapist in england you don't think so you, no you just don't talk about it that's uh, still present so maybe maybe that's the balance they're maybe they're putting it out there because trying to ch- trying here, to make a change yeah over here they'll make there's, there's therapists available to go talk to. I've told this story on the podcast before, but I went in um, for like my, I, we changed health insurance and I had to go into my doctor and get a physical. And I went in and you fill out the form and there was like this one, one of the questions on the form is like, do you ever get sad? And I'm like, of course I fucking mm-hmm. do. I'm a human being. Like who lies on that? And they're yeah. like, no, never. I'm happy all the time. But I'm I went. fucking Teletubby. <laughs> But I went, I saw I go in there and we're like running through and she does the physical and she's like, yeah, everything's good. You're fine. Your body weight's fine. And she's like, she starts writing a prescription and I'm like, what's that for? Like you said, you said I was cool. You said everything was fine. She's like, I noticed on your form that you said you get sad sometimes. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, it's for an antidepressant. That was it. That was the whole interaction (laughs) was like, you get sad sometimes. Here's an antidepressant. I was like wait hold on i said i get sad sometimes there's a big difference between getting sad and being clinical suffering depression, depression. Yeah. like like do i ever do i ever feel depressed of course i do i think most people who say they don't feel depressed are lying or are not super in tune with their emotions but like i'm not i don't have suicidal thoughts i don't have mm. any th- i'm not i'm not i don't need medication mm. And yet Nancy does. Nancy is Nancy does, one. But she has those suicidal thoughts because right, of her right. depression. Yeah. So like, yeah. but I, th- I thought that was really, that really surprised me mm-hmm. was that there wasn't even a discussion. It was just, I checked a box and I got a three month prescription for antidepressants, which I was like, what? I don't want that. I don't <laughs> want this. What do you, why? What was, what and is that's, this about? That, that's, that's private, that's private medical uh, healthcare that's what that is yeah because in england when it's a national health service if you are paying spending other people's money essentially through taxation then you only give what what you, you have to give what yeah. you have to give yeah you're not signing off on you know lifetime prescriptions of opiums 
opiates. Right. Because that's a taxpayer's, you know, we're not paying for it. You know, you don't pay anything at the point of delivery. Right. So I think that's a big difference is that this is an opportunity. Their doctor might be getting a kickback. I don't know your doctor, but it's not that big a stretch to think, hey, here's a new pill. Give it to your patients. Right. They'll they'll like this. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, we've <laughs> every time I say it, I feel tinfoil hatty, but you really shouldn't because big pharma is a thing, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a business. That's a yeah. lot. There's a lot of money in that. There's a rabbit hole we're going down there. I know. So, so Sid, <laughs> so back at dinner, Sid's a junkie, ladies did, and gentlemen. <laughs> you can't, you kind of can't not, you yeah. can't avoid talking about drugs when you're talking about Sid and Nancy. Um, I love that he's chugging down peppermint schnapps. It's like Doctor McGillicuddy's drink like, of choice as well because he's drinking it again at the end. When yeah. he's in the bedroom. It's the little pint down. nipper. And I I feel, I really feel like there's a certain point where you either grow out of that mm-hmm. and or there's a point where your alcoholism progresses to the point where that's now what you drink again. Mm-hmm. It's like a thing you circle back around to when you've really gone that far down because it's super cheap. Yep. And it... It'll do the job. Does the job and it tastes like mint, mm-hmm. you know? I know so many people, I knew so many people in college who would like, Bird, <laughs> Bird is one of them, who would drink who would drink peppermint schnapps or Dr. McGillicuddy's and like every time I saw, oh God. It's alcoholic mouthwash, everyone. It kind of <laughs> is, man. It kind of is. I'm going like, to go kiss that girl. Give me some schnapps. It gives you that, it gives you that minty taste and it'll still get you fucked up. And when you, well, honestly, it makes your vomit taste a little less bad too. So. <laughs> but, um. So they they get kicked out, dude. That scene when they're in the they're in like the the family room. It looks oh, like a so awkward, isn't looks it? like a set from the Brady Bunch. Yeah. And they're like the song they're playing, and they're not even playing it because Sid's got, got the, the guitar, guitar backwards, <laughs> and they're playing it on like this shitty tape player. And it's like fuck you, fuck everything, I fucking fuck. And then it's like there's the kids are sitting around, and the one the, the one girl's, girl's like, like kind of into it. She's like, yeah. Well, and honestly, that's I think that's how a lot of young people react to punk. They're like, oh, they're saying all sorts of bad words and they're mm-hmm. talking bad about the government. I like this. Yeah. I mean... This is dangerous. Yeah. Mom and dad don't want me to listen to this. Dude, same here. First time I heard Sabbath and they start singing about the devil, you're like, I'm going to buy all of these mm-hmm. records promptly. I'm going to turn them all backwards as well, <laughs> just in case there's a message. <laughs> Maybe I can raise something. Yeah, man. Like, dangerous music is fun. But I you love... know with the Osmonds, if you roll them backwards, it sounds better. <laughs> I believe it. Well, uh, if you get a if you get the 45 of Jolene and play it at 33, she sounds like that is really strange. Jolene spun down to 33 from the from the 45 single, still sounds incredible. Something about the song and the like the timbre the the timbre of her voice, it sounds like a man singing it now, but it's still amazing a lot of times when you slow music down it sounds fucked and wrong mm-hmm. but a slowed down version of jolene perfect it's really eerie i nice. love it but uh so when they get kicked out they're laying in this bed in this cheap motel and sid goes that was really lovely so why'd they throw us out and nancy's response is because they know me yep damn man it's and like, he thought it was all going so well. Essentially, he doesn't see that how far happening. They're you know? so out of touch. It's such a polite disowning. That's what I wrote. I said, disowned very politely. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're all going away. We're, we're all gonna, going out of town. I think it might be better for you to stay at a hotel. Yeah, you know, you'd this, be more oh, comfortable at yeah, a hotel. Yeah, no, you can't come with us. We'll it's, give you some money for bus fare. We'll yeah. drive you to the hotel. Yeah. And like, 
oh, it's yep, dude. It's see you later. Na- she's been cut off. Nancy's because they know me is so. Mm-hmm. It's there are very few moments from this point on where they're self-aware of like what exactly the kind of life they're living. Actually, from now on, every time they're self-aware, Nancy becomes suicidal because mm-hmm. it just gets worse from here all the way down. Um, the next thing they, is they go to the methadone clinic because they say at dinner, they're like, so what are your, what are your plans, Sid? And he goes, well, tomorrow, Nancy and I are going to go to the methadone clinic and then we're going to go to Paris and I'll play some gigs and we'll go out in a blaze of glory. And it's done so matter-of-fact. He's not, yeah, he's not, he's not aggrandizing at all. He's mm-hmm. like, this is our plan. We're mm-hmm. going to get some methadone tomorrow, go to Paris. I don't know what we'll do, but we'll probably die there and hopefully die in but a But it's cool Nancy's way. plan. Yeah. When he's you think about it, yeah. yeah. He's, he's just following. He's being told which way to go. Oh, my God. Yeah, he... He just does what he's told. He's just led along mm-hmm. on a leash the whole movie, man. Yep. Can I have some money? What do you need money for? I don't know to buy things. Early on, there's that bit where she gets him the necklace and she locks it on mm-hmm. and he goes, where's the key? And she goes, what key? And he's delighted because yeah. it's so punk rock. But at the same time, Nancy gets that collar on him and it never comes no, off. No, it doesn't. And that is Sid Vicious's actual necklace. That was his actual one? Yeah, Gary Oldman went to talk to his mom. Wow. And she gave him the necklace to wear during production. She was like, this was Sid's necklace, the famous one that he has in all the pictures. So that's the, that is the Sid Vicious necklace that he's got on for the whole movie. Can you imagine being Sid Vicious's mom or being Nancy Spungen's parents? They've never, according to the latest trivia I've read, Nancy Nancy Spungen's parents have never watched the movie. They don't want to watch a movie that's about the death of their daughter. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. But could you imagine being like a parent or like a very close friend of one of these two people and watching this movie? No. God, man. It would be fucking hard. Yeah. um... It's, I mean, being not related to them, this movie gets... Some parts of it are fun, but honestly, when you look back on it retrospectively, as happens sometimes on this show when we talk about movies, it's less fun than you remember it mm-hmm. is. Well, one of the rumors is <laughs> is that Sid's... I think we spoke about this off the mic, but one of the rumors is that his mom was the... OD'd him. He, was she the one gave, gave him, him the, the lethal, lethal dose. dose yeah. And she would have known that having been clean for two, three, four, five weeks, or however many yeah. weeks he spent in jail. His tolerance would his have tolerance been way down. weren't ready. Yeah, and it would have just taken him out. So some say no, some say yes, but she was definitely there when he OD'd. Yeah. That's a hard call. Yeah. It, man, and it, looking at it as a, as a, specifically as a decision, too. Mm-hmm. So the next thing... The m- you just see the slow tragedy of the shows. He's still doing the shows. God, the shows reading, are... reading off a piece of paper while Johnny looks on in an empty room. That was really... it's Dude, that's a great moment. Yeah. Is when it's ju- and he's, he's not even doing originals. He's doing a, uh, a, an Iggy and the Stooges cover. Uh-huh. He's doing I Want to Be Your Dog. Yeah. By the, he's doing I Want to Be Your Dog by the Stooges, and he's... Shit, given what we just talked about, that's a pretty meaningful <laughs> choice. And he gives up. He reads like halfway through the lyrics again, then he drops yeah, the sheet and he can't find up. it, so he just sits down. And Johnny looks on. You think that he's gone to him to see if there's any chance, and, and that's probably like the last time he sees him. Yeah, Johnny just leaves. But right before that, the methadone clinic is really interesting because that's true. Yeah. I feel like he kind of gives you the 
gives you the gist of what we're getting at here. The actors do a great job of just not really listening to what the guy's saying. They're just looking at the the methadone, the methadone like he's pouring the drinks, he's pouring, you know, and stirring the drinks. Because he talks about Vietnam. He's like, you know where that comes from? He's like, mm-hmm. Vietnam, we were flying it out in our planes. And he's, the way he's talking is... First of all, true. It's all mm-hmm. public record about smuggling heroin out of the out of Vietnam, and a lot of soldiers got addicted to heroin, came back, and so what he's talking about sounds like crazy conspiracy theory shit. Until you look at the the public <laughs> records, and you're like, oh wait, no, this is, that actually happened. This all happened. And it was this, called conspiracy theories then. That <laughs> yeah. actually did happen. Yes, we did that. There's this there's this great line he has where he goes smack is the great controller mm-hmm. you guys got no right to be strung out on that stuff you could be selling healthy anarchy mm-hmm. and it's i mean what a powerful moment this vietnam vet who's working in a volunteer methadone clinic is talking to sid vicious and nancy spongen who are still to this day held up as like punk the icons symbol. and they're Id- yeah they're yeah. idolized they're symbols and this dude is like, you fucked up mm-hmm. because you could have meant something and mm-hmm. now you just mean drugs. Now you're just a junkie. <sighs> um, so there's this really long bit of junkie decline, which mostly is just show, showcase acting. Yeah. It's just watching two people really, really act phenomenally well. You just get like a montage, don't you? Because that's yeah. when you get the week to the, week. The, the cash and... is flying through yeah. the air. We get Sid and Nancy on the subway and he like oh. coughs and that big like snot bubble comes the out. The snot bubble on the train is majestic. It is. It's a beautiful <laughs> moment of acting. It's it's and then oh, he, what is his man. his line is like my bones hurt. Yeah, it's oh that was a moment I'm like, how do you you can't train that. It's no. the same with the pie in the mouth of Withnum. Yeah, it's like one it's, of those happy accidents yeah. or whatever. Or not, maybe I mean, it's sad accidents, but it's yeah. it's a beautiful moment. But even when he comes up the subway. is so big, Oh, it's man. huge, and it sits there for a while, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when like he's a, coming out of the subway, the snot is still drooling. Still running down his oh. face, he's shaking. Yeah. His detox in the jail cell is kind of the same way. When and the other guy's sitting there doing the same thing, right? They're yeah. both cold turkey. He's, he's early on. It, seeing the marked difference between the two, the difference in their usage. Mm-hmm. The dude on the cot is like maybe... Shaking. Yeah, he's like, he's been doing heroin for a little while, but mm-hmm. when you see how hard this is hitting Sid, holy fuck, yeah. dude. Um, there's this quiet moment I wanted to talk about when we were in the... I talked earlier about this the moment where she's on the amplifier and he rips her stocking. Mm-hmm. The second moment that I think acknowledges, for the last time in the film, acknowledges that this is one of the... It's sad, it's dysfunctional, it's fucked, but you kind of have to give the nod. This is one of the great romances. Mm-hmm. This is a famous romance. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. They're sitting in bed, and they're watching TV, and Sid doesn't even turn to her. He just says... When was the last time we fucked? And Nancy's eating like probably beans out of a bucket or something, like something gross and horrible. And she goes, I, I don't remember. We can if you want to. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, just give me a kiss. And they turn to each other in this like weird, junky, shaky way. And they like this, like the tiniest peck on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And the movie cuts. It's like, here's the junkie here's the junkie reality of just give me a kiss and they kiss and then we cut to that 
beautiful silhouette in the alley mm-hmm. where Nancy's leaning back against the dumpster yeah. and Sid's leaning towards her and they form this beautiful parallel line and he re- leans in and they legit, they kiss. They kiss, though. Properly. It's not that junky peck, that, it's that heartbreaking mm-hmm. peck. This is the Sid and Nancy that lives in everyone's head. And the and trash garbage just keeps falling. falling. Yeah. Uh, it's a rain of garbage. And mm-hmm. dude... Those two moments are like the lodestones of the movie. You know what I mean? It's totally, totally incredible. So that, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, and there's that, it's that weird acoustic guitar song. It's haunting. It's acoustic guitar and violin. It's so, it's utterly, utterly brilliant. And then. It's a haunting moment. Isn't it, it is. Right? It's that totally, music? because also, also because it's the end. Mm-hmm. That's it. After this, it's just. To, it's probably there's only probably only like 15 minutes left in the movie and it's all them just trying to score smack and sitting around and i on, i honestly the next note that i have is the stabbing well i had the fact that um they have that the trio get together and they do heroin and the guy pulls the needle out of um nancy as she goes and lies falls onto the bed yeah and while sid is he's talking with sid and he's doing something down here like getting the the h ready yeah he's wiping the needle on his shirt <sighs> and then he passes it to sid and that's the up. yeah that's the it's big like, talk oh of we're all gonna Lord. they're all talking about how they're gonna get off h yeah i love i kind of love that that what junkies do and the, what they're showing us here is when junkies get together they all talk about how they're not going to be junkies one mm-hmm. day yeah they're just going to get clean they're going to get yeah. off the h yeah get off the h that's and then that's a good move sydney you should do that man hey do you have a, i'm going to do that too i'm going to get into business do you have a little bit for me for tomorrow mm-hmm. and in the end like we're jumping through quick then because then it goes to him coming back but he brings them speed yeah. Not the heroin. The, speed, the speed scene. He's sitting on the... He's just playing the same yeah. two chords on the bass. She's wearing the pink sweater with the rabbit. And she's looking and at the... the stabbing, isn't it? That's when we get to that argument. Shortly thereafter... Actually, there's a cool little kind of say sort of between those two moments because the power goes out. Oh, that's right. So they're sitting on the floor and Sid is just And you babbling. get the light cut through with the blinds and it's just kind of cutting through. He's in shadow. Yeah. She's got like the blinds light going across her face. Yeah. And then they're they're sitting on either side of the bathroom and mm-hmm. where she's going to die. They're yeah. sitting on either side of the bathroom and Sid is just like, and you know, sometimes I think when I... And he's just doing that speed ramble. You're just talking and it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. And Nancy goes, hey, shut up. So he stops talking and she goes, listen. And there's silence. And they sit like that for a long time. And then Sid goes, I don't hear nothing. And she goes, it's me. What the <laughs> fuck? If the movie just like breaks your whole head for a second because there's this, there's this t- utter absence. Mm-hmm. Silence. And he goes, I don't hear anything. And she's like, yeah, it's me. Just hold it. Just hold that moment. Yeah. yeah. You just hear the director saying, just a little bit longer. A yeah. little bit longer. Let's make them uncomfortable while they watch this. Yeah, let it sit. Let it sit. Especially because immediately before this, they're ripped on speed and, mm. and Sid is sweating, staring at the television, just hammering on the bass. And then you pump the brakes all the way to silence, sitting in silence in the dark for a long period of time. And Nancy says that the silence that he hears is her. And you're like, oh, <laughs> no wonder this got a Criterion release. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then... Then, then they're, I mean, they're, they're both coming down. She's crying. She asks, and she, they imply right here that 
she's asked him to kill her. Yeah. He's like, she, you Because they're having second thoughts there, isn't he? Yeah, he's looking out the window. Yeah, and he's like, well, he, he go, she goes, you promised you would. And he goes, well, I've changed my mind, haven't I? And there's that knife on the bed behind him the whole mm. time. And it's to their credit that you don't notice it. Because it's there. The knife is there, but you're so locked on to that. And there has been symbology in the past already in the film when he's just running that knife down her back. With the sunglasses on. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, there's so many moments of this where you're just like... You can, it's like hearing scraping violins, man. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, here it comes, but it's not yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it comes. Not quite mm-hmm. yet. And this is it. And this is what I love because they have this crazy blowout. All, by the way, all the dialogue here, improvised. All of it. Really? From the, wow. From the moment after them sitting on the floor, when once the fight starts, once she's like, you promised, well, I've changed my mind. All of that until the, until the end after when she's dead. From that until she's dead, all improvised. All right, that's good. That's pretty (laughs) fucking excellent, right, man? So that last blowout is insane because so she gets up and they're storming around the room. She he goes to leave. She drags him back into the room and like hit hits him pretty hard too. I think Gary Oldman caught one to the face. There's a Mm -hmm. moment where I'm like, I think she got him. Mm -hmm. And he falls on the bed. And you the way that he does it when he grabs that knife, it's not it doesn't feel like anger because she's been she's like such an onslaught. It feels like defense, self defense mm-hmm. for a second, and then it shifts totally because he turns on. You the, want me to do it? You want me to do well, it? Well, she's he goes. You want to die? You want to fucking die? And mm-hmm. she sees the knife. It's amazing. She sees him and sees the knife and runs straight yeah. into him. And you don't see it, but you hear but it. You hear it. It's that uh, yeah, you the he- knife impaling dude, skin. That sound design yeah. is so good. Oh. There's that little bit of bone scrape. Yeah. And and sh- they fall on the ground and they're curled up and Sid's wrecked on speed and heroin and he kind of nods they get into bed and they sort of nod out together. And one of the things I wanted to point out is this goes so slowly. Yeah, right. It's a real I've got that. This is a slow death and she is alone. It's like yeah. Like. Utterly alone when she dies. She dies calling out for Sid. Mm-hmm. Dude, the amount of blood. You you don't see much blood. You see blood again as well, in the yeah, beginning. They're, you they're see spooning, the, aren't they? And then she lifts his hand up into scene. And you see like in the beginning of the film. Yeah. Just like that opening mm-hmm. shot, you see the blood. And then they we cut out again. And you're like, why aren't you doing anything? And then we fade back in, and we the only reason we know time has passed is the sheets in front of her are soaked. Yep. And then she gets up and kind of stumbles to the bathroom. And again, beautiful. Deacon's using framing to hide stuff from us that he's going to show us in a second. She gets to the bathroom sink, and you see a little bit of blood on her shirt, mm-hmm. like a little bit. And then she turns and falls, and yeah. when we cut down... Well, the last thing she does is look at herself in the mirror. Like... It's there. She's looking straight at herself. She knows. Maybe for the Now's only the time. time in the film, mm-hmm. she looks directly at herself. Mm-hmm. And then she turns. Time to go. Well, what fucks me up about it is that she she, she says, I don't feel good. And then mm-hmm. she looks in the mirror for a pretty a chunk of time and then turns and starts calling for Sid. Yeah. And falls. And you're like. You, There's a tragedy there. She changed her mind and it's too late now. Yeah. Like she's just going. Well, the the note that I have is as with as with all the world on heroin, the end is slow, crushingly sad, and avoidable. Mm-hmm. Dude, then the, that last shot too. The, I mean, not quite the last, the, but the last shot of her of her death, her dead in the bathroom on the ground in the light, and Sid 
laying in the dark. Asleep. And, God, yep. it's so hard. And again, they just let that scene go, don't they? They yep, just let they it just sit. Roll and let, yeah, they let you, they make you look at it. Mm-hmm. They're not letting you do anything. They're saying like, here you go. Here's, you guys like Sid and Nancy? Here's Sid mm-hmm. and Nancy. Here, that's remember the story. The, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, that's the end of your that's two icons. That's the glory. Yeah, that's the glory. It's fucked, man. It's so fucked. Um, Sitting on the corner of the bed the next day. Yeah. They watching ju- Popeye. They jump cut back to it. And then we're basically get right there to the arrest. Goes to, he gets, he gets like thrown in the car. He ends up in jail. All that's pretty fast. And I like mm-hmm. the speed of that because it feels like the whirlwind, you know? It's yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the, in, after the trauma is done, it's all, now you're, the, the world's not going to go at your heroin pace. Now mm-hmm. you're in the world again. He gets, he detoxes in in jail. And then we don't even see any of the legal trial stuff. We just see he gets bail, and mm-hmm. we see them reading back his his possessions to him. And it's like finished with like six hundred dollars. Yeah, his it's pocket. five five hundred and forty seven dollars yeah. in cash, and it's like a piece of bubble and you gum. You couldn't afford drugs. <laughs> you were straggling along. You got six hundred dollars in your pocket. Jeez. But then that you get that scene on the dock with I the pizza. Well, and you think like the first time I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And you realize, well, I my interpretation is he's already dead at this point. Yeah, like that is him in wherever it is, purgatory or something. He's kind of in limbo. Pizza's his favorite food. He goes mm-hmm. to pizza, embraces some children. We knew he loved kids. That is, there's two things in this last scene that I love. Three things. First. Because we we mention it every single time we see it on screen, when he's walking down to the the pizza place, that little shit shack mm. on the on the by the docks, there's this beautiful shot behind him of New York City, and the World Trade Centers are there, mm-hmm. which is never not weird to see now. Yes. But specifically, the tops of the towers are obscured by fog. Well, you spoke right. If I take it back to the beginning, it's like it's very gray, isn't it? Like you said, yeah. It, Deacons Stars has dialed it down to like total desaturation and morbid. And what I I love that just the these two like there there's like this there's something again it's that it's that tarot card thing. I would need weeks to mm-hmm. unpack what is striking to me about that, but something obviously part of it is my memories of 9-11 and the smoke coming from the towers, mm-hmm. but there's not really clouds in the sky. There's like one cloud and it's cutting the tops of the towers off. And I, I feel like it, I feel like there's something there, but I don't know what it is. It's just hitting me on a really primal level. And then he eats a little bit of this pizza and he tips the table over, but there's no, there's nothing in it. It's so empty. It's just, yeah, that's, it's like, that's what he does. It's yeah. like punk rock and he yeah, tips yeah. the table over yeah. and he walks outside and like we talked about in With Nail and I, where you see 69 is ending and here comes 70. Punk rock is dead and these mm-hmm. kids are listening to disco. Yeah. And he goes, they're like, hey man, do you want to dance with us? Mm-hmm. That's not Come a punk. On, they know him. Yeah, that's they not a punk him. rock thing, you know. Yeah. That's It's like, fuck you. This is like, Come dance with us. And he's like, no. And, and then the one kid, don't be stuck up. Mm-hmm. So that you can, I, dude, it's very charming that moment where Sid smiles and he, he smiles and starts he come, dancing. He yeah. does. He like she's trying out the disco yeah. <laughs> moves and shit. And it's very, again, it's that it's the with nail thing. They don't. The movie can crush you. It could. It could squash you like a bug. But it gives you. It gives you just a little lift at the end to be like, look, it's all right. This happened to other people. It's okay. I like that. I like when a movie doesn't just leave you broken on your couch. Right. There's a place for that, but. 
that's not for me. I like a movie that I like this. I like this like Sid smiles and he does his disco inferno thing. And then Nancy shows up in a taxi cab and off they go together. Mm-hmm. And I love how open ended that is. Yeah. And that's what made me think about the he's already dead. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I actually I like that. I like the I like that. Yeah. The read of this scene as like you know here come like his did it my way mm-hmm. thing like maybe this is a dream sequence or yeah. his his particular passing maybe this is the last thing that That's flashed his final od yeah this is his od and driving off in a classic new york taxi mm-hmm. cab too it's not one of the new ones it's an and she's old wearing style. the same wedding dress that she does from in my, the my way well. video yeah so again those two <laughs> dreamlike sequences align with that outfit yeah yeah they though the, they resonate with each other mm-hmm. i i love this movie man i honestly really really dug it i liked it more than i thought i was going to i liked it more than i remembered liking it yeah and i always like movies that give you when it's based on a true story they give you the little bit of extra at the end yeah the little bit of text yeah. like yeah. sid vicious died on yeah. february 2nd so, uh, 1979 and then yeah. sid and nancy r.i.p i was two days away from being five months old <laughs> I was a, I was a, a glimmer in my father's imagination. <laughs> Just a, a little swimmer in his ball sack. Well done. Congratulations, Max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was a genetic idea somewhere in his body. Awesome. Way to go, me. Um, but yeah, man, so that was, that was 1986's Sid and Nancy. Uh, Anarchy in the UK rolls on. Next week we're doing This Is this England. This Is England. Okay. And Attack the Block. Will be our closer. Dude, I'm, I'm loving these. I... British films, man. <laughs> British films, man. I, I love them. We've started strong. I'm nervous about whether you enjoy these other two. I think you'll like This Is England. Don't I'm bias unsure. me. Don't you bias all right, me, all right, man. All right. Look, I, I'm, I won't lie. I can't imagine that anything is going to top with but me. Then I was, I, but then I was apprehensive about you watching With Lord and I as well. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I'd love to share. I'm an omnivore. I love basically everything. Nice. Unless it's... Unless it's too, I mean, even crap. I like crap. I like everything, David. I think you're probably safe. <laughs> All right. We are a listener supported podcast. We're going to get out of here because you got to go pick up your I've got to get my daughter. So uh, we are a listener supported podcast. If you like our show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash quill and film. Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. You can get full length bonus episodes. We do all the sequels, remakes. We do fun little runs of movies that we don't cover on the main season show. And we uh, also do shout outs on the show like these. We'd like to thank John Scheibe, Casey Scheibe, Connor Sweeney, Danielle Pelshaw, Sarah Hartley, Katie Clark, Kelly and Mike Wagner, William Rockwood, and you, David. We'd like to thank you thank as always. Thank you very always. much. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love having you co-host. It's so fun. And we're learning shit as we go. Drop us, <laughs> drop us a line at measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com and stay tuned because we've got more Brit Flicks on the way. Yeah.